2: Uh, hello, loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. It is uh, nine minutes after three at uh, News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, let me just add one more thought to uh, my little diatribe earlier. You know what? When I'm wrong about something, and I know I'm wrong about something, I will be the first to apologize. I will be the first to say, hey, man. I am really sorry. I screwed up. Whether it's my personal life or whether it's my public life, I'll be the first to admit when I screwed up. But don't you dare, don't you dare say stuff about me that is designed to get your political cronies off the hook and put the blame on myself and a Medal of Honor recipient. Don't do that. That is, that, that, that is just beyond the pale. Beyond the Pale. Uh, And I'm told, by the way, that he's forbidden to write anything nice about WBEN by the paper ownership, you know, the local paper that is written in Cleveland. Uh, That's why, uh, as I recall, and uh, this is subject to correction, and I'll apologize if I'm wrong, the article about the coverage of last year's Blizzard of 22 asking where was public radio, did they name me? Did they name any, Joe Beamer? Did they name David Bellavia as people who were torches in the night during the blizzard? No. No. Uh, they just made some generic comments, as I recall, about uh, the blizzard coverage. Because they won't let him write anything good about WBEN. Okay, I could save a litter of drowning puppies, and it's not going to make the Buffalo News because they hate me because they've got me painted as some right-wing demagogue, which I am not. How many right-wing demagogues advocate for socialized medicine? I don't know any except myself, huh? Uh, anyway, hey, welcome. It's uh, Bauerly on News Radio nine thirty W B E N. Uh, but anyway, I, I, you know, I I don't know why you get so upset about a media outlet that is clearly on its way out, clearly dying, and is not going to be around in five years. So really, what do I care? But I, you know what, uh, my reputation is uh, kind of important to me, um, <laughs> if not personally, certainly professionally. Um, anyway, let's get back to uh, Charles. In uh, Clarence, Charles, the uh, top mass murderer, you say it's better to put him in prison the rest of his life in solitary confinement. And here's the thing, solitary confinement isn't really solitary confinement because uh, you, you might remember Ted Ted Kaczynski. He struck up a friendship with Tim McVeigh and Ramsey Youssef, the 1993 plotter of the World Trade Center bombing. So, And he was in a Supermax facility. So they find a way to communicate. I mean, there, there are times that even in solitary, they get together and they chat well enough to establish a friendship. In fact, Ted Kaczynski's uh, remark to about Tim McVeigh was, he was a nice fellow. I thought he was over the top because he did a lot of damage to people who should not have been hurt. Uh, so uh, we can, you know, do, do you believe then that the death penalty should never be used on anybody, no matter how heinous the act, how high the body count against the most innocent victims?
0: No, I didn't take that position. I said that this, you asked my opinion as to what I think the proper punishment is. I think that there should be, the jury should have a a range of punishments to decide if they convict someone, and one of them should be life with life in solitary confinement without parole and you don't mean to tell me that we couldn't a supreme court allows it they say 23 hours a day is solitary confinement with one day of walking they may find a way well we could find a way to keep so that they don't find the way if you want that but my but my my uh, position is give the juries a chance to uh pick pick the pick what what is the proper punishment now, if, if if in my personal opinion, you've got an old guy who's who's uh, lived mo- or a middle-aged person who's lived most of his life, and execute his buns. Yeah, but if you have a young person that that has not lived any of his life give, him a, give him a, let them live it under the worst circumstances that we can possibly make it yeah but and this this jur- wasn't this wasn't a, minute, a jury let me, let me, let me let let just I, I need to correct
2: a false statement you made this was not a jury case this he pleaded guilty
0: and now it goes to the next level which is the federal level okay then let them make let somebody pick pick a decision I don't I don't mind that as to as to what they would think. And with with our with our input, um, the the only the 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 only thing I'm saying is is that if it depends on what you think the afterlife is, if you think the afterlife, I don't believe
2: in the afterlife. When you're get,
0: I do not believe in the afterlife. you getting away with murder if you if you know you won't know, right? I but you'll damn well know if you're in jail if you're in jail uh, sweating your buns off for the next 50, seventy years, and that's my position about the thing.
2: Yeah, I mean I look, I mean we can debate that one all day long. I don't believe yeah, in I don't, heaven, I, I don't we, believe I in hell. We're,
0: we're, we're, yeah, but that, that, that's just us how I how we feel and that's how I feel. So there you go. No, and, and I and I
2: appreciate that, but uh, my counter argument to that is if you are unwilling, if you are unwilling to execute this scumbag for cold-blooded deliberate plotted murder against a specific group of our brothers and sisters, then whom should we ever execute? How, how do you execute the Boston uh, Marathon bomber at, when the death toll was, what, two at the scene and then, I believe, a Cambridge cop uh, afterwards in a shootout? If you're not going to execute the Buffalo Mass killer, how, how do you possibly justify executing the Boston Marathon, bomber? I,
0: I, I base that on, on the age as to how much punishment they can take while, while living. That's, that's, and I think that's a consideration. You think the opposite. I, I think if, if once you're out of here, all signals are off, and if, uh, and if we're wrong, they got away with it. We know one thing for sure. If they're sitting in j- jail in the worst possible circumstances that we can devise, they ain't getting away with it. That's yeah, funny. but, but we don't – but,
2: okay, but, like, okay, as far as the Supermax facilities, they're not a lot of fun. But it's not exactly like they're spending 23 hours a day in an Iron Maiden. I mean, they're – you know, they have the yeah. opportunity mean, – you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They've got the
0: opportunity yeah, I, I know, to – I know what you're saying. You don't, you don't think it's enough punishment. I just – from what I have read about the people who have experienced this, the thing that young killers – and young thugs fear the most is long-term solitary incarceration, and, that just from that, and that's why I take that view. Uh, all right. Well, look, that's uh, fair enough. I certainly respect your opinion. I'm glad you called in. Yeah, nice to, uh, nice to talk to you. I'm happy that we, we can agree to disagree, and unlike some other jerks in this town, we don't call each other names. Well, you can call me a name if you want to. No, I wouldn't, a... I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do that. I respect. <laughs> I respect your opinion, and, and you're 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 an adversary and not not an enemy.
2: <laughs> well, I don't consider you an enemy. Thank you very much, Charles. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's why would I call Charles any name? He was a fine caller. I just I just happen to disagree. But look, I'm open. I'm open to arguments like Charles, uh, and and I will actually put that out as a question. Do you believe that? For, and again, don't use his name. And I know there's a bit of a double standard that I have when it comes to naming mass killers because I have named the shooter at the tower at the, uh, you know, Austin back in 1962. I have named him. I have named Jack the Ripper. And I know there's a double standard. But this, this Buffalo situation, the only explanation I can give you as to why I have not named him is, um, it, 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 it hit too close to home, okay? Both geographically and personally, it hit too close to home. And I don't feel the need or the desire to say this scumbag's name at all. I mean, if, if, if it was up to me, I'd hang him by his gonads 23 hours a day. But that's cruel and unusual punishment, which is forbidden by the Constitution of the United States, which uh, is, is in itself a joke because our own government doesn't even follow it uh, with FISA courts and the Patriot Act. that's a joke. Uh, we're a nation of absolute hypocrisy uh, when it comes to, oh, we believe in freedom and liberty for our citizens. Oh, baloney. You believe that? Yeah, we believe in free, fair, and open elections. Yeah, right. Right. Okay. I I believe that. Sure I do. Um, Anyway, sorry, November 22nd, 1963, everything changed. Um, Anyway, it is uh, 19 minutes after 3 at News Radio 930 WBEN. That was the day JFK was murdered, by the way, if uh, you don't know. Uh, Real quickly, before I get back into the topic at hand, uh, let me just mention that uh, I've talked about Oliver Stone's movie JFK. And there's another uh, film that you can check out, and it's on Amazon, and it's a follow-up to the JFK movie with Oliver Stone, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Donald Sutherland in narrative roles, uh, and it's called Beyond the Looking Glass. And what they talk about is the fact that a lot of the so-called nutcase Oliver Stone theories that were dissed when JFK, the movie, was released, well, lo and behold... 30 years later, they've been proven not to be conspiracy theories, but conspiracy facts. And 60 years is long enough for the government to lie to its own people about what happened on the streets of Dallas on November 22nd, 1963, and exactly who was Lee Harvey Oswald, and in what work was he really involved when he defected to the Soviet Union, when he gets his passport renewed in 48 hours, where the government lends him money to come back to the United States. They don't even detain him for questioning by CIA, FBI, and... And the state attorney general of Texas identified Oswald as a CI to the FBI, a confidential informant to the FBI. So and the interest in Oswald, (laughs) I mean, folks, if you're in Russia and somebody is using the name Lee Harvey Oswald to try to buy trucks for the Bay of Pigs invasion and you think that that's kosher, uh, you're living in a dream world. We were lied to, and we've been lied to for 60 years, and I have very little faith in the American government. And in many ways, I think it's no better than China, and it's no better than Russia in, it, in terms of its capacity to lie. And in fact, it's probably worse because we have the gross base alloy of hypocrisy in our, natu- in our national culture. Okay, You trust this government and what it says, and I don't care who the president is or who's in charge of Congress, you trust this government at your own peril. And those of you who used to work in alphabet soup land and certain areas of the military, you are just as jaded as am I, and you know that I speak the truth. Bunch of liars who manipulated you into doing things you wish you'd never done. And I know what you have been through, and it's uh, not a lot of fun because you can't talk to anybody about it. Um, anyway, sorry I don't mean to get off the off track here, but I have a tendency to do. Ooh, squirrel. Uh, anyway, eight oh three oh nine thirty is the phone number. The uh, Tops massacre scumbag should he receive the death penalty, or should he receive life without parole? Now, Charles, look, Charles makes. I think I don't agree with Charles. And I don't consider him an enemy at all, not in the least. This is an opinion show. I don't claim to have the last word on what is right and what is wrong on a lot of things. I mean, regarding our government... I'll defend my views to the grave um, <laughs> might end up there well eventually I will anyway but the uh, I'll defend those views but there there's there's it, this is not like hey let's pick on Charles because his opinion is no no better or no worse than is mine. Uh, if it were up to me, the Topps massacre shooter would receive the death penalty. If nothing else, it is a statement that we as a society are not going to tolerate domestic white supremacist terrorism on the streets of Buffalo, New York, or anybody else, anywhere else, nor should we support black domestic terrorism or Muslim domestic terrorism. I've got no use for people like this, okay? No use whatsoever. Uh, Whether it's anti-Jewish, anti-Palestinian, whatever you want to say, we should not be targets because of our religion, uh, whether we're Jewish, Christian, Muslim, whatever, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, you shouldn't be a target because of that. You shouldn't be a target anyway because you're a human being with usually two legs and two arms and a working brain. Although some of the voters in Erie County, I often wonder. <laughs> Usually every <laughs> early November, I wonder. But uh, look, I happen to believe, uh, and again, I think Charles and I, we I think we have a lot more in common than might than might appear on the surface. And to restate my views on capital punishment, I don't like capital punishment. I, I, I really, uh, my views on that, have changed, not because of political expediency, like Kathy Hochul changes her views because of political expediency, but just because of an increase in knowledge. And I know for a fact this country, this state, has executed innocent people, and there is no turning back once you put somebody in the electric chair and you fry their brains out, and they're dead. Uh, Anthony Capozzi and uh, uh, Lynn Dijak spent decades in prison for crimes they did not commit. And we now know they did not commit. We know that because of the work of Dennis Delano. And Dennis Delano ran into tremendous opposition from the DA's office at the time. And his own police department basically pushed him out the door because he had the courage to tell the truth about who actually did the crime and who was in prison when they shouldn't be in prison. And again, that's, again there's another example of American hypocrisy for you. Oh, we believe in justice in the American way. Except, don't you dare say that somebody's innocent, even if you can prove it after they've done 15, 20 years in prison, or we're going to make your life a living hell because you bucked the system and there are careers at stake here. Don't you get it? And i got a real problem with that. That's, again, how is that different than Russia or China? Putting somebody in prison, they have nothing to do with the crime, and yet you're not willing to... Uh, adjudicate that favorably, and that's why I've got tremendous respect for Barry Shrek and the Innocence Project, and one of the things I would love to do after I'm done with this particular part of my life is go to law school and specialize in criminal law, and I would like to work on getting people who are falsely convicted out of prison and getting them proper compensation for my 33 and a third percent contingency fee, of course. Uh, But anyway, 803, Oh, nine, I'd probably do it pro bono. 803-0930-STAR-930-1800-616-WBEN. I do believe if anybody deserves to be executed, it is the top's mass killer. If you're not going to execute him, whom do you execute? But let's consider Charles's point, which is as valid as mine, okay? He says life without parole in basically solitary confinement is a worse punishment for a young man I mean to be 20 odd years old and know you're never going to enjoy the sexual company of a woman in your lifetime again and you're when you're in your 20s man that's that's tough I mean you're get to be 50 and 60, it's like, hmm, I remember when this thing worked. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. What do you think, gang? Life in prison without parole in like a supermax facility, which is not a lot of fun, or the death penalty for the racist, domestic terrorist, white supremacist scumbag who killed 10 of our neighbors here in Western New York because they were black. Ugh. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. And I feel so strongly about it, I would push the plunger on the syringe myself and go home and sleep the sleep of the just.
1: Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: All righty. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBN. So the uh, top shooter, the uh, Topps mass murderer, uh, It was in court today. We still don't know if he's going to get the death penalty or if he's going to get life uh, without parole. I'm not a big fan of the death penalty, uh, the way our legal system is set up right now, Uh, but I am absolutely in support of it when guilt is established beyond any doubt and to a moral certainty. Um, I think it's a message that needs to be sent, that we will not tolerate terrorism. Uh, What, should we have captured Osama bin Laden instead of shooting him in the middle of the head and brought him back to the United States for trial? I mean, is that what we should have done? It was a lot easier and a lot cheaper just to plug him. Uh, Let's go to Ray on WBEN. Ray, welcome. Hello.
3: Oh, so I have a client client who was a federal investigator working for the the federal government uh, for the court system. And And her job was- And and,
2: and you you, you trust him?
3: she she was excellent at what she did and she very matter-of-fact and she her job was to investigate the background of the defendant from the moment they were born to the date they committed the crime to determine if there was any overriding factors that should prevent the judge from granting the death penalty now her point you know I mean I listened to it and I I heard the argument and all that but she then hit me with a harsh reality she says Appeals on death penalty cases can go for 10 years. During that 10 years, the Justice Department has a team of prosecutors working on the case. They're lawyers. They're expensive. And then you got a whole team of defendants' attorneys who are also paid for, us, the taxpayer. She said when you add up 10 years' worth of two sets of legal teams coupled with incarcerating this person and feeding him and caring for him, for the ten years of appeals, says you're better off economically to let the guy sit in a jail cell for 50 years. It's cheaper. And I'm like, get out of town. She said, nope, absolutely. She said we've done a ton of uh, anal- analysis on this topic. Says it is cheaper. So I mean, if you can get somebody whose information is you know more current, because this was probably you know 10, 15 years ago. No, she you're right. This. I
2: think you're right.
3: I don't know how that changes anybody's way of thinking. Uh, well you know. see it, it
2: doesn't it doesn't change mine and I, I will tell you why because if you have a death penalty option uh, on the books, okay um, you should use it because beyond dollars and cents, there is a message in my opinion to be sent to would be, domestic, or foreign terrorists. If you pull something like this, you're going to pay for it with your life. It might take a year. You might be Tim McVeigh and waive all appeals, or you might be somebody else, uh... Uh, and and it might cost money, but there's a message to be sent to the people. Do you, I mean, isn't that part of our criminal justice system is to act not only as a punitive force in society, but also as a a source of uh, example, as a moral beacon to people?
3: But how long, how many levels of appeal does a person like this get that it runs up the bill and wastes everyone's time. I mean, I guess the question is, if it's not a matter of economics, then should it, should there be infinite numbers of levels of appeal? Or the guy just, you know, he copped the deal. He says, I did it. I killed all 10 of them. I knew what I was doing. Um, I'm sorry, but that's it. I mean, you know, what more do you need? Do you need to check into this guy's background if he's already acknowledged it? I, I, maybe we've got a too forgiving environment. I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, to to me, too, too forgiving means you let this uh, this this horrible excuse for a human being uh, live to a ripe and juicy old age. Um, and and by the way, let me let me also say this: that what the federal authorities did to Whitey Bulger. Uh, I believe they were accomplices in the murder. You know who Whitey Bulger was. This is—I'm not trying to like st- stump the caller. White Whitey Bulger was the Boston mob boss, the non uh, Sicilian Boston mob boss. And basically what he did, he acted as an informant for the FBI. So one of his FBI buddies, or several of them, could tip Whitey Bulger off to the federal probes against him and who was moving against him in the underworld. So Whitey Bulger used that information that he got from the feds to take out his competition in the Boston underworld. And eventually things got hot for him in Boston, and he was on the run for quite some time before he was apprehended. So what happens, they move move Whitey Bulger to a facility in West Virginia and practically shout through bullhorns, hey, we've got a snitch in prison. And he lasted, what, a couple of weeks before he was beaten to a bloody pulp. Um, I, I don't, I mean, again, there's the federal government in action for you. Uh, they basically decided that, uh, I mean, if you put somebody into the population and announced to everybody he's a snitch, and he was using uh, federal information to consolidate his nefarious control of the Boston underworld, and then he gets whacked in prison. Aren't you kind of an accomplice in his murder? I think you are.
3: Yeah, but it's kind of a cute idea.
2: It's, <laughs> no, I'm not going to cry too many tears for Whitey Bulger. The man was a, was a sociopath. Uh, but. Uh, This the the tops mass murderer. I've got a real problem with allowing him to live to a juicy and ripe old age, regardless, uh, regardless of the cost of executing him, in my opinion. And I could very well be wrong on this. It is a question of opinion. It's not a question of fact. Um, Your fact is correct. Death penalty cases are more expensive than life in prison uh, without parole. Okay, I've got no argument that I can rationally or uh, reasonably make against that. Uh, But at the same time part of our criminal justice system is to act, is it not, as a deterrent to other individuals who might contemplate such an act, knowing that it is going to lead to their demise. I would add the caveat into that, that uh, in, uh, in most of these situations, and we saw this very recently in, uh, in the state of Maine, the perpetrator turns the gun on himself. And that's probably what would have happened with the Topps mass killer, except the Buffalo police were on the scene in one minute to Topps-friendly markets. One minute. And had the Buffalo police not responded that quickly, the death toll would have been higher, and I suspect uh, this little peapot would have uh, blown his own brains out.
3: Absolutely. Well, there you go. But uh, uh,
2: but I mean what do you, what do you think is are any of these arguments uh, convincing you or making you change your mind at all
3: Somehow retaining two sets of attorneys at taxpayer expense for 10 years to debate a person's life I'd just as soon keep him in jail for the rest of his life let him let him have a miserable time of it and you know it is what it is because uh, and I've gone through the emotional you know, Catholic background of, you know, you know, is it right to play God and all that baloney? Uh, in the case of this guy here, he deserves, you know, he deserves the Old Testament treatment of eye for an eye. But, you know, having said that, you look at the math, if this guy's going to have 50 or 60 years worth of appeals, oh, my gosh, you know, why Ray, are we waiting this much um,
2: You know, Ray, may, maybe we're wasting our time with this. Maybe the most logical thing to do with the Tops mass killer is to basically do what the feds did to Whitey Bulger, except you don't release him into a West Virginia prison and say, hey, the snitch is here, and he can't really defend himself because he's in his 80s. What you do is you tell the people in the neighborhood where the crime was committed, yeah. you say, hey, um, we're going to drop him off at 10 o'clock on Saturday, and here's where we're going to drop him off. Just thought you'd like to know. And just let uh, nature take its course.
3: Back in the day, yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I can see – I actually can see value in that.
3: Well, it's a difficult – It's it's. those are all difficult decisions. A client – another client of mine worked in China, in Hong Kong, and he, he saw their system of justice where if a guy got picked up for peddling heroin, he got marched to something the size of our, our football stadium – pronounced guilty by the judge the same day, executed with one bullet and then taken by a donkey cart to his home. His parents were, his family would be charged $51, $50 for the donkey ride and $1 for the bullet. And I asked a Chinese guy who was a part of a uh, um, Chinese um, uh, trade mission. Um, He was actually protecting the, uh, the the, uh, high, high, High level official, he says, How can you do that? And he says to me, What works in your country does not necessarily work in mine, and vice versa. I'm like, Okay, so different people, different approaches. Uh, Well, I uh, I I mean,
2: certainly, I mean, Indonesia is another place where you certainly don't want to be involved in the uh, drug trade. Uh, It's not very good for your health and certainly doesn't do wonders for your longevity. And there are, as you're well aware, there are a number of uh, countries around the world. It's difficult to tell anyway the difference between companies and countries these days. Uh, But there are uh, certainly other nations on Earth which have, uh, shall we say, a very limited appeals process, which basically amounts to, please don't kill me, and then they're dead.
3: Well, I've offered so, all I've got, but all right, I, said, I, I, I said, appreciate. I'm glad, you're, I'm glad you're glad. Glad you're talking about it because there's a lot of people hurting today because of that bastard.
2: Well, they're, and they're going to be hurting the rest of their lives. The pain never goes away. The empty seat is always there on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and New Year's Eve and Thanksgiving Day and Memorial Day. the The, the pain never goes away when you kill a human being. Not only. If I can steal some thoughts from Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven, not only do you take away everything he's ever had and everything he's going to be, but you also destroy families. Families who experienced violent crime, in particular homicides, are much more likely to have divorces, breakups and suicide and a whole bunch of issues because of the actions of a homicidal maniac. And this is you know, not exactly a, a new thought in the world of criminology. Uh, Ray, I thank you for the call. And uh, just just one idea for you. If you ever go to China, I, I would not try to smuggle in cocaine.
3: <laughs> I can't even spell cocaine. Okay, Take care.
2: Right. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. 803 09 30. Star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's get back to the calls on WBEN. What do we do about the Tops mass killer? And my opinion, if you don't execute this person, you might as well not execute anybody ever again. Because if ever there was a case to be made that this individual has forfeited his right uh, to be on this planet as a living, breathing scumbag... Uh, this individual has earned, despicably, uh, a role in the uh, lethal injection table at a federal facility. Uh, let's go to uh, Tom in DePue on WBEN. Hello.
4: Hey, Tom. First time caller here, Cheryl. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, yes. I have sort of a, a middle road differing opinion on this subject matter. Good. I'm a Individual who is uh, pro-life, so I'm not in favor of abortion, not in favor of euthanasia, not in favor of the death penalty. But in consideration of such events, such as mass murders, uh, horrendous uh, murders of individuals, there's options that sort of middle both, and that is what they used to do way back when. There were jails to to boot and, you know, basically coddle uh, the prisoners is you get life in prison, but it's hard labor. I mean, physical hard labor, the dirtiest jobs that are available and um, make life even worse for that individual, uh, for them to um, basically think twice about what they're doing. So it won't be an easy road, life imprisonment. Uh, There's no appeals in these sentencing uh, structures. I believe hard labor will make them think twice about it. What do Um, you think? Well,
2: I, I think it's a very interesting idea, but the question would be in the year 2023, would life without parole with hard labor be considered cruel and unusual punishment? The old turning big rocks in a little rocks idea and we're not talking about Arkansas. Yeah, um, right. I, I mean,
0: well
2: I, I, look, I, I, I see some I see some value in in what you're saying. Um, although the other the other side of that, as I just think out loud here, is, okay, so you are in a supermax facility, and you don't even see the sunshine again, your sunshine is a uh, fluorescent light bulb. Do you really want these people to have the uh, benefit of fresh air, sunshine, hearing the
4: birds chirp, etc.? Well, the previous caller mentioned the appeals process and, and the cost for that. This type of sentence would negate that type of uh, path, so to speak it's hard labor the rest of your life so you 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 will suffer the rest of your life uh, the
2: question i would have is Uh, it, It just gets back to is that now or would that be considered by a court in 2023 to be cruel and unusual punishment and therefore unconstitutional? And I do not know the answer to that. And if it has not yet been adjudicated, that in itself would probably take about 15 years to determine whether or not that is, in fact, cruel and unusual punishment
4: the murder or mass murder of in- individuals i believe can be categorized as cruel and unusual punishment
2: yeah but they but they're, they're you know their their criminal acts are are not covered by the constitution our punishment of those criminal acts is covered by the constitution because you know, you got the government saying here's what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life so anyway yep. uh, i mean it, um, I, look at it's an interesting, interesting idea. I'd like to know what other people have to say about it.
4: Yep, and um, if I but might But just interject- I'm just, just
2: kind of, you know, I want to talk to you after the break here at uh, 4 okay. o'clock. But, uh, but one, you know, one of the issues I would have is if, if this was a Muslim terrorist and we were having the same discussion, my guess would be that 90% of the people calling in would say, decapitate him make him suffer death penalty absolutely death penalty and i have to again think out loud here it is this sudden reticence about the death penalty because he's a white boy i'm just putting it out there just putting it out there it's uh, coming up on 359 at news radio 930 wben it is uh, bowerly and I, I, look, I, I believe in the death penalty for the top's mass murderer. But look, you might have a better idea. And I don't claim to be the final word on News Radio 930 WBEN.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?